As we add the final touches to brand new content, why not revisit another top cod launch the podcast episode? We'll be bringing you fresh stories soon. Confront. They're the moments that often make for good TV. But holding the alleged crooks to account is about so much more than simply rocking up at someone's office or home. It requires preparation, nerves of steel, and at times a good pair of running shoes. Clema Wisa and Masake Kana reflected on their most memorable confront and how they approach these high drama interactions. Masa, I want you to have this conversation with you because I recently had to do a confront and I wondered how other presenters approach it because it is so important in our storytelling. So I get extremely anxious and extremely nervous when I do a confront. But my favorite confronts on the show are done by you. You do my favorite <laughs> confront. I sit on my couch literally and I'm like, go, Masa. I say the words out loud like I'm chilling. I'm she goes. Um, so I'm curious to know when you know you're going to do a story and there's a confront coming, what goes through your mind? Do you get nervous about it? Do you prepare extra for it? What goes on with you when you know that a confront is something you're going to have to do? So much, right? And also because so much weighs on the confront, right? Because that's what Cote Blanche is known for for holding the alleged baddie to account. So a lot goes through my mind. Firstly, it's usually what the case studies have told me and the weight of them expecting you to transfer their anger, but in a journalistic way, you know, um, and not getting overly emotional about it. So the weight of the story gets to me, but there's definitely extra pep. If I know that there's going to be a conference, there's always extra preparation that I do. The things with the, the thing with a conference, and you know this, is that you have to then become a jack of all trades. You have to be the expert in that topic because that person is the expert in their topic and they will try and dribble you if you don't know the the jargon and also it's about simplifying it but it's about understanding it enough to be able to simplify it for example if you're confronting a politician they will use jargon to try and confuse you right so it is about going into those acts it is about going into the reports going into previous articles and for me personally tapping into my political science degree to go into is what this person making sense in terms of governance. And then, of course, we've got our conference with the scammers. That's a different kind of prep, you know, because you don't even know if you're going to catch them. You know, They sometimes don't agree. But depending on who it is, there's a different level of preparation. But it doesn't matter who you're confronting. There's always extra preparation. I agree 100%. I think the reason why I get anxious and the reason why I get nervous is because I can feel the weight and the importance of this conversation I'm about to have. And because I know mm. I'm not representing myself in this conversation or in this confrontation or interview, I'm representing somebody who was either traumatized or scammed yes. or disenfranchised people. I'm representing the ordinary person on the couch who actually yeah. wants to speak their mind to this rubbish politician or this scammer or whoever has swindled them out of their money. And so I always want to make sure I do them justice. 
I want them yeah. to be like, Claire asked the question that I wanted her to ask. And so I think that feeds into the confrontation. But like you say, it is what we're famous for, but people don't know that it's actually the last resort, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. By the time we get to that juicy confrontational interview, we have called, we have texted, we have emailed, we have sent doves, we have literally tried everything to make sure that you tell your side of the story because it is our responsibility to give you your right of reply. It is your right to reply to whatever is being alleged. And we know that when people are guilty, most likely, they will run. So we can't just accept, oh, you know, we're not, they're not responding. They're just blue taking. They're not responding to emails. By the time we doorstop, when we pitch with the cameras and the person is shocked and all of that, it's not complete shock. They know we are onto them. They know we've been calling. They know we're doing an investigation. And we do that because we're really trying to get to the bottom of it. And we can't just let it go at, oh, well, they're not responding. I mean, when you, as you are describing the doorfronts and the different confrontations, lots of stories come up for me. The chances are the person is going to get emotional or defensive. Do you get emotional? Do you get defensive? Like, does your heart pound faster when you're about to do a confront or when the person reacts in perhaps in an aggressive energy type of way? Yeah, it depends. So I do I do have that initial anxiety. And I must tell you, the morning of a conference, especially if it's a dual stop, because it's so unpredictable, you don't know what's going to happen. What for me personally centers me is my faith. I always pray before a conference. Really? My first few conf, I always pray. There's not a single conference I have done where I did not say a heavy prayer um, oh. to my God, honestly. I and love that. It it really grounds me. It it does the the palpitations wonders because then they're not there as much. And I actually want to share with you my first confront. I remember that feeling of the heart pounding, and I was confronting someone who I knew was armed, and was unpredictable, and all those things. So it was a bit of a dangerous situation. And I remember when that morning I was just thinking oh, I hope that guy just kind of like disappears off the face of the earth and we don't find him because <laughs> I really honestly don't want to do this. What story was this? It it was with our late producer, Michael Duffett. And it was about a guy in the south of Johannesburg who was basically getting fake court orders to get uh, drug addicts into rehab. So families would go to him and pay him a certain amount. And then he'd get fake court orders and basically kidnap you in the middle of the night and then ship you off to, you know, a rehab center. Yes, with good intentions, but the motive and how he was going about it, the implementation was just completely off and illegal. So, you know, we were chasing this guy for a while, trying to find him and he was ducking and diving and he didn't really want to do it. And then we just pitched at his house in the morning at like seven o'clock. That morning, I was thinking, I hope he slept at his father's house or his girlfriend's house. <laughs> And he's not here. And lo and behold, as I'm doing a link, does he not drive out? And instantly you have to go into this like mode, you know, and confront this man. And I remember that because, you know, when I do a confront now, it's night and day compared to those that feeling I had then. The, the anxiety doesn't go away, but that feeling of I hope this guy's not here has dissipated for me. Now it's I hope he is here. I really want to get those answers. So I, it yeah, grows I love on the you. fact that you talk about that. I love that you, you fact that actually I'm here on a mission and I want to get you. Yeah. 
you get that that's why that's why we call ourselves avengers remember <laughs> it's like actually i'm going to go and find out what happened so now i'm more confront prone than averse like i want the story that has the confront when the people or the organization respond in writing it is a bore for me because i want you to sit in front of us and answer the questions that we have and i think it's the right thing for you to do especially if you have disenfranchised people even if it's just one person. And I mean, I, I hear you 100%. We know that viewers want to see somebody being held to account. Um, and I think as well, we don't want to have the written reply. That's, you know, we don't want to let somebody off the hook and just let them give us a wishy-washy <laughs> response yeah. um, via, you know, the PR people. But I also know that what calms me down now is the fact that I know I'm on the right side of history. I know I'm fighting. Yes. I'm the good guy. I'm one of the good guys. And by the time we've done our conference, we are 100% sure that you are in the wrong. We would not yes. under any circumstances because we filtered through it. We've had researchers on it. Producers have gone through the information. Mm -hmm. Presenters have had the conversation with the producer. So by the time it comes to that moment, I know that I'm fighting the good fight. And that kind of makes me feel better that, okay, I can do this. What people might not know is sometimes a confront is not necessarily a doorstop. So we're not lurking behind a bush waiting for somebody to come home. Sometimes a confront is a scheduled interview. You sit down, we set up lights, we have our microphones done and, you know, everyone gets their positions right. I think of a confront that I did where when they walked in and we they greeted us, it was somebody working at the municipality in Richards Bay, and it was about um, just corruption. It was a do do me any story as well. It was a big story, and super producer Sasha uh, mm. was was on the beat. She's as if anyone knows her, they know that she knows her stuff. And yeah. when he walked in and he greeted us, he was so friendly. He was so nice. <laughs> he offered us choice assorted biscuits and teas and coffees. <laughs> All the while, we are getting ready, and I'm thinking to myself, this man has no idea that yep. I'm trying to annihilate him. <laughs> and <laughs> I and we're chatting about the weather and we're having a good time. And then we're like, are we ready? Camera's rolling and go. And yeah. as the conversation went on, I could tell by his body language, he was getting agitated to the point where he was getting aggressive. He was starting to almost bark his answers at me. And I could tell in his eyes, he was thinking, Claire, I thought you were my friend. <laughs> now you're doing this <laughs> Isn't that also a difficult space to navigate when the person that you're confronting is actually nice and sweet at the beginning and you're setting yeah. things up and, you know, it's not necessarily a doorstop, but that also is another way when we do a confront. So before, do you engage with them? Do you talk to people? Are you standing outside of the room? Are you going over your notes? What are your final confront prep when it's a set up interview so what you're describing right the chats you know like oh the weather covid masks you know ah, oh, normal chats until they say sit <laughs> and then <laughs> it's like there's a different beast that comes out and i always say specifically to government spokespeople do not take this personally this is an indictment on your profession right so you need to fix that. But don't take it as if I'm saying you and your kids are 
bad people because then what that what that does to them is they become so defensive and when you do that i i mean i love it because then i can pounce on you it becomes tricky when you're doing a confront with someone and they are amenable they accept that they are in the wrong look that's mm-hmm. what you ideally would like right that they accept that they're wrong and everybody gets they do and everybody gets their apology or whatever was done wrong that is actually the best thing you could do when you're in the wrong just mm-hmm. concede that you have done wrong the problem arises when you start denying it and then we got to whip out the evidence i mean remember that electricity meets a story i did with again another super producer nikki troll unforgettable unforgettable like, story the one unforgettable it confront it was perfect because to show the difference. So the one guy, Yash, was very defensive that we ended up even showing him the evidence. I mean, he asked for it. He asked Cot Blanche for evidence. I mean, I thought that was so, I mean, he <laughs> like his own grave. We had evidence from four different angles. We had hidden cameras of him doing what he was doing, what he was saying he didn't do. Whereas the second person just immediately conceded and the Mm. confrontation style was different if you look at that story. So on the one who was being defensive, I was a little bit harder on him. I was more firmer on him because he clearly doesn't get that he's done something wrong. The one who was amenable, who conceded, it changed the conversation. It really did change. Are you aware? Are you aware that you are funny in your conference? That's the one thing. I think you are are hilarious. <laughs> like no, that guy, I'm so glad you you spoke about that specific story. Is because that electricity story you talking about? He he said, ah, "I need air. I need to." And you like, we are outside. There's lots of air here. Like your <laughs> your comebacks are sharp, quick, and in a hurry, and they take us out. Um, so I didn't know if you were aware that in your sternness and in your getting the guy that you are actually hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really did think that was on you and Mac. Um, and I have my really? examples of it. I mean, we all have our different styles, but definitely the humor rests with you and Mac. I mean, and I think of Mac's confront with the social development department and Auntie Fatima. Mac has these comments that are like couch comments. You know, when you're sitting at home, that's probably what you're saying. Mac says that, which yes. is what makes it gold. Right? Yes. <laughs> and I feel for me, Derek gives me very headmaster confront. I love his conference yeah. because he's kind, but he's very firm and you know that he's serious. And I think people also have this reverence for Derek, you know. Um, yes. You just respect him so much. Um, you don't want to do wrong. And there Derek is after you. You you just completely think, okay, I'm so sorry. Um, so I love the fact that his, his conference style is firm, but also measured. You know what I mean? Um, you're 100% with McFarlane and the, and the fun. I just feel like my face gives me away. I think I've got a poker yeah, face. Facial and then you tell me I've got these facial expressions. I mean, you know, in terms of conference, a lot of people, they get emotional about it. And I know for me, I just wanted to highlight the one that really got me that you did was the one, I think you were in Cape Town and you were confronting a woman She's an unregistered uh, midwife. And oh, yes, were, I remember that one. Remember I must that say, one. I, that one really upset me. I, I was so upset. I was so upset. Yeah, it was, was very, very upsetting. In fact, what, what viewers would not have seen is that 
during that conference, because conferences are much longer than what we see, obviously. It's an hour-long interview, or you're outside that house for 40 minutes for that interaction, and you only get to see like three minutes of it, probably. And what was very difficult about that, what was upsetting was that the couple was there, and they were dismissive to them in front of me. And that really just got to me. And it was one of those conferences where the producer had to say to me, oh, you need to rein it in, because I got so upset. It was obvious that I was upset. And sometimes we do get, we lose ourselves, you know, because I'm thinking this couple lost their twins unnecessarily because of your own lies and negligence. And now you're not even willing to come out your house to say sorry. And you've sent your husband to gaslight them. And it just, it really upset me to the point where the producer, Taryn, had to say, must you need to remember, like, you know. And that's the thing. Sometimes viewers also want to see you that upset, but it's actually not your journalistic duty to do that. Yes, you need to hold those people to account, but we can't be overly emotional as well. Mm. The other thing, Claire, I think we need to note, because we work for an institution that's been around for as long as it has, the landscape has changed. There are certain things that were there in the beginning that aren't now and vice versa. For instance, we have the Poppy Act now. We have the BCCSA that is strong as well, as it should be. So there's certain parameters that we can't delve into that we could have probably 20 years ago. Mm. The law has changed as well. Before we do a doorstop or a confrontation, there's a wording you need to also consider you know, with the conference, I confronted a rapist and I forgot to call him an alleged rapist, for instance. And we had to cut out most of it because I kept calling him a rapist instead of an alleged rapist. Now, our stories go through rigorous editorial viewings. They go through legal viewings and we tick all the T's and dot all the I's, which means you still need to give the weight that it deserves. You still need to be firm, but you still also need to operate within the parameters of modern law. I agree with you fully. And for me, The way I've tried to internalize that to make sure that we are always on the right side of the law is even when somebody is displaying scumbag behavior or if somebody really is, you know, a nasty piece of work, I'm very conscious that I must still in some way allow them to speak, give them the benefit Mm. of the doubt. I need to still be empathetic. So when somebody says, let me speak, I will let you speak. And that's what I'm here for. So I'm always being conscious of I'm trying to give somebody an opportunity. The story is not about us hounding you. The story is about you answering the question and us creating that platform. So, yes, it is trickier. I think our conference in Carte Blanche, when it started out, when I watched back, they were explosive. Um, no holes yeah. barred, banging down doors, just getting in there, almost like guerrilla <laughs> filming. <laughs> And ambush now style, yeah. ambush style, which which was allowed and I think gained us a reputation. But right now, you know, everyone has a right and we must yeah. respect it. And it's also as much as we confront people, I'm also happy with how we all do it. You know, there's no one that I feel ever crosses the line. We're still humans. We're still interacting and speaking to people, um, no matter how frustrating and infuriating their behavior may be. It's about being conscious that I'm here to get content and I'm here to get information. Do you ever feel 
Like I know what a good confront feels like in my bones when I've just done it. Do you ever feel disappointed at a confront or that you didn't get what you wanted? Is there a story that you remember? I mean, I just did a recent one where we waited and waited for a few hours outside this person's uh, workplace and they got out of their car and into their office in like a split second. It didn't even give us time to rush and get a comment. And by the time we got to the door, they just slammed the security gate in our face. Uh-huh. And I just stood there seething. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I, I could feel like the heat rising. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, now we've kind of alerted them because they had been dodging us. And so I felt extremely let down or disappointed. Yeah. In that particular situation, have you ever felt like I wanted to take another bite out of that apple because we didn't get what we wanted? Can I tell you, I feel like that after every conference. No! <laughs> after every conference, I feel like I need more, right? Um, no matter what the producer says or the cameraman or the, or the crew, I will still feel like, oh, I could have said that. Or I could have asked that as well. Or I didn't get that answer. I mean, I can tell that, oh, no, that was a good one. I got most of what I wanted. But there'll still be an element of, oh, I should have rather said that, actually. I'm very, very critical of my conference as well. Also, like we said, because of the weight that it comes with, you know. So most of the time, I must say, I constantly feel like there was one more question I should have asked. So I should have completed that one with that or whatever. It could have always gone better or gotten more. Derek gave me a tip because I was telling him about my anxiety about conference. And he said to me, Claire, always prepare about four or five shouties. And I'm like, what on earth is a shoutie? And he said to me, when they see you coming with a camera and a mic and, you know, it's just, we are intimidating when we come, if you think about it, you know, there's a presenter, there's usually two camera people, there's a producer, yeah. we emerge out of nowhere. So he said, if that person is walking away or trying to deflect or trying to run away or get into their car, shout three or four or five questions that are the most important questions. So he says, Claire, always get your shouties ready. <laughs> and do you know, I was like, they work. I'm going to do that. Works. <laughs> it works because I've seen, I've seen McFarlane do some shouties as somebody was driving away from him and he was running, keeping up with them. And he was, and I thought to myself, the lengths he will go to, to get the story for you guys, honestly. It's amazing. I have the utmost respect for every single producer and even for you guys. Like when I watch you, particularly when you do your conference, I find that they're flawless. I love them so much. I'm so glad that it's you there. You know what I mean? And I feel I forget that I'm I'm your colleague. I feel at that moment I'm a South African and you are asking the questions to that minister that I need answers to. Um, and you can tell by the response on social media that I think you're the queen of conference, Masa. I think you are. Oh, no. Oh. I think you are. I can handle a crying case study. I can hold a baby. I can counsel someone. I can. I'm the in hell my out of someone. That's true. I, you I can, can counsel. <laughs> I, I feel like I can do that. But the conference, I think if there was like the ultimate Avenger when it comes to conference, I, I, I'm going to put your name for it. Um, <laughs> Well, I'll take that. Thank you. But it's it's a very hard one to accept because it's funny. It's interesting to me that you, you bring up the anxiety a lot. But when we watch you, 
you know, you, you have like, obviously like this Zen and calming energy and you actually not a shouter, but you get the point across, which is a skill that most of us need, right? Because you're not supposed to get too emotional, but get the point across. And what comes to mind, there's a story you did and then the security guard came out and tried to intimidate you guys. And immediately <laughs> your, your instinctive re- response was keep the camera rolling. Yes. That's like, I'm ready for whatever. I'm down for whatever. And so, you know, we're not seeing the anxiety part. We're not seeing that, oh, Claire may be nervous or yes. at all. You know, I mean, to it's say turmoil keep the camera inside, rolling. my darling, it's the turmoil inside. Afterwards, uh, listen, I need a nap. After a conference, <laughs> I need like a slice of chocolate cake and a nap because um, it's taken everything out of me. Just having this conversation with you now makes me feel like I'm better armed to do my next conference. Do you know what I mean? I feel like, okay, that's what she does. That's what she does. I think I'm going to use that because what people don't realize is that we hardly ever see one another. We hardly yeah. ever have these conversations. So to to get insights from you on how you handle it, I'm going to pick up what you're putting down and um, hopefully it's going to reflect in the next conference I do. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I'm enjoying this chat because I also feel like because we don't get to see each other, I'm like, I know that my anxiety is not far-fetched. The Shouties conversation, for instance, you know, I prefer the people who say, yes, let's sit down and we get the cameras rolling and we have the cheap small talk first and then we attack. I prefer that than the doorstop because that is very unpredictable. You know, they could get physically aggressive. Oh, I must tell you about this one time. Oh, we went to, and it wasn't even supposed to be a conference. We were going to the alleged perpetrator's mom's house to find out how she feels about her son being this person who robs retirement homes. And and we go with Stanet, again, another amazing producer. We get there and we kind of expected that there would be a little bit of trouble. So sometimes we do have a bit of security. And that's a question that does come up a lot, that do we have security? Most times, no. But at the time we assess the situation, if it may turn volatile, we may have, you know, a guy or two who's armed. So we get into this community. And as I'm outside doing my shouting, by the way, because this woman doesn't (laughs) want to come out. (laughs) So now here I am with my Derek shouties. And from nowhere, a whistle goes off and everyone comes out of their houses. It's like an informal settlement in Krugersdorp. Everyone comes out of their houses with like stones and big rocks and bricks and they're throwing them at us. And we had to run. Like from nowhere, like 10 people turned into 80 people. Oh my it God. was so crazy. It but was it insane. looked tense when I was watching it because quietly you were standing at the gate and she was standing in her house and she was shouting at you. Yeah. Saying something. Like she's not, she was, and she then, was swearing at me. Oh my goodness. I remember that looked tense. But afterwards, I must tell you the adrenaline that was pumping through my mouth. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was kind of amazing, but scary. <laughs> Woo! My goodness, risking lives <laughs> to get the story. That's what we're doing at Cot Blanche. Masa, thank you so much for having this conversation. Um, it was wonderful. It was insightful. I've learned so much. I think I'm going to feel much better doing the next one. So I appreciate your time so much. Um, you've become I a bit of a... I appreciate your time. This has been really helpful for me too. Like, it's actually good to know that you're not insane in here, you know, because we go, go, go. 
We're on yeah, one story to the next, to the next, to the next. But we're all in this together. Yeah, man. You're an Avenger. That's what you are. An <laughs> We're CB Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. There's more Carte Blanche content to be found on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. Let's continue the conversation online.